Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Tuesday, November 3rd of the year 2020. It is election day. And it is a victory Tuesday for us. This is the Code of Conduct with the King podcast. I am your host, Jay Spence the King. And I am I am not in a good mood, but but I've I've re-recorded this. So I actually recorded my this part of the podcast originally directly after the game. I told Joe, Joe texted me, he was like, hey, how do you feel? And I'm like, oh, I'm ticked off. I'm gonna do the pod right now. So my feelings are like, ugh, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm like super pissed off. So I had this long 15, 20 minute monologue about how the Buffalo Bills were just so disappointing to me um, for the last four weeks. Instead of doing that, what I'd like to do is I want to appreciate the fact that we are six and two. I want to appreciate the fact that Sean McDermott has come into Western New York. And he's turned around an organization along with Brandon Bean. And regardless if we want to give them credit or not, the ownership of the Pagulas are the reason why we have Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott. I know we're going to have some Sabres fans who are going to say that they got lucky and, you know, well, they're certainly missing with the Sabres. Listen, I get I get I get all those different perspectives. But as far as my Buffalo Bills, as far as the football team in Western New York, they have done an amazing job in the short amount of time that they've owned a team from turning it around from a 17 year playoff drought team to being in the playoffs two out of three years and now being the division leader at midway point in this season. And if you can't take a moment to appreciate that. I feel sorry for you. Because as painful as it's been over the last 17 years, this feels damn good. For me to wake up on Victory Monday and be able to look at the standings and we have a two and a half game lead for first place, the New England Patriots are two and five. It's, it's a great feeling to have when you're used to not being competitive. You're used to not being good. And by competitive, I don't mean that we weren't in games. I get it. We, we had decent, we had rosters that really should have made the playoffs a few years. But the reality is we just weren't a good team. We didn't make the playoffs. We didn't have great coaching. And now we are in a completely different situation. 
However, however, I will say this year's version of the Buffalo Bills does need to figure out A, how to stop the run. B, how to consistently be a good defense from the first quarter to the fourth like they've been in the past. And on offense, we need to figure out we need to figure out what the best combination on the offensive line is. It's clear to me that John Feliciano being on the offensive line in some form, whatever combination there is, he's a part of it. It's clear. There are some concerns about Mitch Morse. I believe that it's a concussion. I believe that it's a head injury that they reported that they were, you know, checking him out for. So I hope that he's okay. I hope health-wise he's fine. I do know that with some players, once they get a certain amount of concussions or head injuries, it becomes a concern long-term. So health-wise, I hope that Mitch Morse is fine. But I will tell you, having Feliciano back, it would be it would be so great to really have a healthy line where we have Dion, we have Ford come back, we have Feliciano, we have Williams playing well and Morse, or even I'm I'm a Titans Inseki fan. If we can get Inseki to start at right tackle, I'm I'm cool. But please let's get a better combination for our offensive line because I finally got a chance to brag to my man Pierre over at Buffalo Fanatics. I got a chance to finally say, hey, how you like how you like Zach Moss this week? <laughs> That's my man. Uh, Pierre and I have had like little jokes and, and going back and forth about who's better from the two of Sing- Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. I tend to believe that we have a great we have a great situation in our backfield. We have two guys who could potentially be the number one rushing back or running back on any team in the NFL, with the exception of the teams that Christian McCaffrey's on and, and you know, Zeke Elliott and, and certain players of that caliber. You have two guys in Zach Moss and Devin Singletary who can be legitimate starting running backs for any football team. The issue this season, in my estimation, has not been Devin Singletary isn't a good player. It's not that Zach Moss can't handle the NFL. It's been the offensive line hasn't provided space for them to do anything. There have been multiple plays, and I've talked about it on this podcast multiple times, where the ball is hiked, and before Josh can hand the ball off to Zach or Devin, there's a defender either on their legs, on their arms. You can't can't expect these guys to be Barry Sanders. You can't. And I know people make comparisons between Devin and Barry and they make comparisons sometimes to Devin and young shady. As much as I love Devin, can we stop that? Can we stop that? Those comparisons are, are a whole, like they're just very premature, very premature. Devin Singletary is going to be a star in this league. And so will Zach Moss. But let's, let's just, let's be patient with these guys and, and let's allow an offensive line to really block for them and show, look, we have guys who can get this thing done. Josh Allen didn't have the same day that we're used to him having, but guess what? I'm okay with that. I didn't need to see Josh Allen come out and throw for 350 yards against the Patriots. What I needed to see from my quarterback 
is exactly what I saw. The moment in the game wasn't too big for him. He didn't make boneheaded plays. He had an interception. Depending on how you look at it, you know, Diggs say that he was responsible. You got Josh saying that I don't even know if Josh said he was responsible, but but I'm sure Josh is that guy who takes the blame for everything. He takes responsibility. So depending on how you look at it, you could say it was a boneheaded play from Josh. I feel like, you know, it's a miscommunication. You can put it on both of them. But Josh was being aggressive and going down the field, and he didn't make boneheaded plays. But the disappointing factor for me has, is the same thing that's been the disappointing factor for the last three weeks, four weeks. We have to stop the run. We have to stop the run. And not only do we have to stop the run, at some point, at some point, we have to stop the run and we also have to just be dominant. At, at, at some point, if we're going to be the, the division leaders, we have to look like it. I get it. A win is a win. I've been I've been hearing that for the last two weeks because I've been complaining that we've barely beat teams that we were supposed to dominate. But to me, that's what separates great teams from good teams. And I want the Bills to be great. Damn it, I'm so tired of being decent. I'm tired of being good. We had a very good roster the first year that Rex Ryan was here. People thought that we were going to the playoffs, and they thought that we were going to be because of our defense. And, and we had the type of offense that we had Sammy Watkins, and we had Robert Woods, and we had, you know, we had 7-11. We had Shady. So we had a roster. You plug Tyrod Taylor in. We got a good rushing attack, best rushing attack in the league. Yeah, it was exciting to watch and, and, and to, to think that we could have been good. Not like this. Not like this. And when you have a roster as good as the Buffalo Bills have this season, you're not supposed to win games by kicking six field goals against an, a winless New Jersey Jets team. When when you're as good as you're supposed to, as the Bills are supposed to be, you don't you don't beat the Patriots Granted, Bill Belichick. I get it. But you don't beat the Patriots 24 to 21 when they're without Julian Edelman. When they're without Stefan Gilmore. They're without their best player on defense, the defending player, defensive player of the year. They're without their best wide receiver. Nikhil Harry was injured. I don't know. At some point, at some point, we have to look like we're going to dominate. At some point, if we're going to be great, we have to look like it. And to my point that I made the other day, listen, Kansas City doesn't make any excuses. Last week, I mentioned that it's annoying that we couldn't go in and just blow out the Jets. We're supposed to blow out the Jets. And I used Kansas City as an example. If that's if that's where we're holding, if that's the standard that we're holding ourselves to, you look at what Kansas City did to the Jets. I said that on, a, on, on another show, and, and the response that came back to me was, well, you know, the Jets' defensive coordinator, Greg Williams, is very good. He's very smart. He's very aggressive. They know what they're doing. Listen, I, I don't doubt that. He was in Buffalo for some time. 
We know who Greg Williams is. We know exactly who Greg is. Pat Mahomes doesn't care who Greg Williams is. The offensive production from Kansas City. That's what you do when you know that when you're a Super Bowl contender. You go up against the teams that you're supposed to beat and you dominate. The Buffalo Bills have the talent. We're we're mid we're halfway through the season. We're halfway there. So I can't beat up on them. I can't be mad. That's why I started off the show by saying I'm going to appreciate the fact that we're six and two. It's a great feeling. I'm I'm so excited and I'm so proud. I'm proud of the team. I'm proud of the fan base. It took us a while to get here and we've been loyal. And guess what? Now it's time to now it's time to celebrate. It's time to be here. And not celebrate. We're not Super Bowl champions yet. We haven't won a playoff game. But one of the goals was to win the division. And at this point, it's going to take uh, it's going to take epic Ryan Fitzpatrick failures with Stevie Johnson. <laughs> Reminiscent of those days. It's going to take that type of effort for us to not clinch this division. And, and you know, it, it's going to it's going to be bad. To start off six and two, and now and we're four and zero in the division so far. We have a game against Miami, and we have a game against the Patriots again. If we don't win a division at this point, listen, something's wrong. Something is absolutely wrong. But I guess that is what it is. We have a lot to look forward to. Next week we go up against the Seattle Seahawks. They come to Orchard Park. Russell Wilson is lights out. I love that dude. I love that dude. If there's any quarterback in the league that I would start my franchise with, it would be Russell Wilson out of anybody. I know everybody loves Patrick Mahomes. I get it. Great guy. Just won the Super Bowl. He was a league MVP the year prior. Phenomenal arm talent. Smart. He's learning the game. Great. You give me Russell Wilson 10 times out of 10. And I've said this for years. This isn't new. Russell Wilson, to me, is the best quarterback in the NFL. And that's... It's not close, in my opinion. So we we get to face him this week coming up. And our defense hasn't played up to par. You know, so I'm nervous about this game. I'm not nervous that we're going to get blown out because I think that their defense is actually worse than our defense has been playing so i don't think our defense is bad i just think that we've been playing bad i think they have a bad defense so we're going to go up against their defense with our offense i'm hoping josh returns to form of the first four to five weeks and he's going to play well so i hope our offense moves the ball i'm looking forward to be a shootout i'm looking forward to be a shootout i'm I'm going i'm going to say the bills are going to lose this game I think that it's going to be a close one. It'll be 35-33. Josh Allen will throw for 300-plus yards. He's going to throw for three touchdowns and run for one. Russell Wilson is going to have a day as well. It's going to be close. I could see it going either way. I could see that same score, Bills 35, you know, Seattle 33. But it's going to be a close game. So all the stress that we've had, you can continue to stress this weekend because it's going to be a nail biter. And the Bills play to their talent. 
when, when we play the Jets, the Jets aren't good. The Bills decide to, you know, show up just enough to win. That's what happens. We're going up against we're going up against a heck of a team. I think the Bills are going to show up. So, but I won't keep going. I, this was a little bit longer than I expected it to be. I went on a rant. I apologize. <laughs> Listen, I have a special guest today. I have my guy, Pat Lane. Um, he's a Patriots podcaster on our sister network, the Pat Pulpit. And I tell you, it was a fun time talking to him. It was a great time talking about his perspective as a Patriots fan, looking at the Buffalo Bills. It's it's always, you know, on my show, I always have guys who do Bill shows. And um, it, it's a very Buffalo-centric feeling because we're all Bills fans. So to hear how people view Josh Allen and to hear how people view Sean McDermott outside of Buffalo, and now especially from within the division, is a is a very interesting thing. So I hope you guys enjoy this interview. Today is Election Day. Please, 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 regardless of who you're voting for, please make sure if you haven't already sent your ballot in early, if you haven't voted early, please make sure you get out today at some point. Find your polling place. Let your voice be heard. Every I know every four years we say this is the most important election of our lives. Again, this year, this is the most important election of our lives to date. It is a major one. It is a major one. There are a lot of issues that are important to a lot of people on the line here. Health being one of them. Please, please, please go out. Let your voice be heard. Again, this is Jay Spence, the King. You are listening to the Code of Conduct. We are getting ready for my interview with Mr. Pat Lane. Hope you guys enjoy it. Have a great day. This is a Jay Spence exclusive. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is a fun episode. I have actually been excited for this one since last week when this gentleman and I uh, spoke about doing this show. Uh, so I'm actually coming to you today with the co-host of the Patriot Nation podcast, which is brought to you by Buffalo Rumbling Sister Network, the Pat's Pulpit. I have Mr. Pat Lane joining me. How's it going tonight, sir? Doing good. Doing good. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Oh, I appreciate you taking the time to do it, man. It's um, it's 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 rare that I ask a, a fan of the Patriots to do anything with me, but <laughs> you know, you <laughs> in in the spirit of this week, and then you know, you actually seem like a really good guy too. You, you're kind of funny. You, we had some jokes here and there on Twitter, so yeah. yeah. So so I feel like this is gonna be fun. So, but we'll get right into it. Um, from a a Patriots fan, or not even necessarily a fan, just from a Patriots perspective. What's the overall general feeling to today and, you know, after the game, not just necessarily after the game, but in general now, the way the feeling, the the season is going on. Chaos, just disaster, <laughs> uh, worst case scenario, you know, doomsday, um, Bill Belichick's the worst, fire Belichick, he's an embarrassment as a coach and a GM, uh, he should have never let Brady go, Patriots are going to be terrible forever, they're the worst team in the league. Uh, you know, just normal, normal stuff, you know, just stuff. Really? That, you know, yeah, no, no overreaction, no overreaction at all from any <laughs> Patriots fans anywhere. Uh, no, it's, it, it's, it's insane. People have lost their damn minds. People have lost their minds. They, and Bill, I mean, look, we, you can question some of the stuff that Belichick has done, but I mean, like, my goodness, like, <laughs> I mean, he's brought them six Super Bowls and now we're seven games into the, into the post Brady era and they're two and five and they've had three drives three game-winning drives stall in the red zone three right. times. So they could very, very easily be five and two 
and they're two and five. So like, it's just one of those things. And now, oh, by the way, Tom Brady's Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are the greatest team in the history of the world right now, are losing 14 to three to the New York Giants yeah. at the half. So let's pump the brakes a little bit. It, it's it's kind of crazy. That's just shocking to me, man. You At least I would think, you know, okay, so coming as a Bills fan who has been in purgatory for almost two decades, yeah, I would think that Patriots fans not necessarily would be okay with, you know, a year. Right. But it's like if you haven't been the most spoiled fan base <laughs> in football for the last yeah. however yeah. many years, so, so that's shocking to me. That's very or, shocking. And so, you know, people are on different levels of it, right? So my dad, my father's been a season ticket holder forever. He had season tickets in 1967 when the Patriots played at Fenway. So, and he's been going ever since. I mean, he remembers back in the day when, like, the Patriots would get legitimate standing ovations in the fourth quarter for passing the 50-yard line. Like, actual, not like <laughs> not like joke standing ovations. Like, hey, we made it, we passed it. Like, they were the laughing stock of the league forever. And so for him, he was like, this is unbelievable. And now he's like, okay, like they suck this year, but like it is what it is. Like we'll be fine. Like, we're, you know, we have Belichick still like it's going to, but people over here and there's no real other way to put it. They're spoiled. They are. And, and you know, the, the Twitter folks, right. That are somewhere in the thirties range, right. They're like their whole life. They've been winning. I mean, I was a senior in high school when they won their first championship. So like my whole adult life, they have been, they've been great. And it was like, you know, you just, you got to a point. I mean, my daughter was born in 2011, okay? My, my daughter was born in 2011. And until she was not eight, eight years old, matter of fact, until last year, every year she had been alive, the Patriots played in the AFC Championship game. She was eight. She was in freaking third grade, and they had played in the AFC Championship game every <laughs> single year of her life. And it's just like, that's the type of stuff where it's like, guys, like, it's okay. It's one year. It's all right. Like we're not as good as we want to be, but we're not that far away still, even with a depleted roster. I mean, look what happened on Sunday. Like, and we could talk about, you know, the bills and how good they are and whatnot, but like I was impressed with the way the Patriots played on Sunday, given the fact that, I mean, the bills are just a far superior team than they are right now. Well, you know what I was going to, so I know you have the questions in advance, but we can kind of dance around with them. So um, what you just said leads into one of the questions, you know, in all fairness, I do get, you know, you and I had a moment where we joked a little bit on Twitter and then, you know, just really seeing the reaction from the fans on both sides. Yeah. In my opinion, a lot of Bills fans are, are, I think a lot of Bills fans should be upset and they're not, but that's another part of the conversation. Right. Um, but in all fairness, though, the Patriots lost to the division leader yesterday yep. um, by a three point margin with their best defensive player. And arguably, depending on how you want to look at it, their best offensive player not playing as well. And the Bills still needed a last second fumble to seal the game. And yeah. so there's a lot of positive. If I'm a Patriots fan, there's a ton of positives in a way that I can take away. What do right. you think about that? Like, you know, so what are you looking at as far as saying like, well, hey, guys, we're still kind of, you know, we're there. Well, and, th and that's the thing. I mean, look, here's the thing is that they're two and five. So they're three and a half games out of first place. They're two and a half games out of a playoff spot right now. But they're really like they have two games against the Bills left still. Like I mean, the Bills against the Jets still like those are easy wins. I mean, Jesus Christ, I could you could win with me a quarterback against the Jets. Like it doesn't matter, you know. So like, hey, you should see, I got a pretty good arm. But I mean, like you know, it's I mean, it's a joke. The Jets are are a laughing stock. So those that's two easy wins for you right there. 
I could see this team finishing eight, eight, nine, and seven. I could, I could really see it because they've been close. As I said, you know, Seattle, they, they had the ball, the one yard line and they don't score. Uh, uh, Denver, they had the ball, I believe at the 19 yard line and they don't score. Buffalo, they had the ball, you know, that's like the, way we're about the hello, yeah, they were about the 15 yard line, right? So yeah. you, you're there and a touchdown wins all of those games. So, you know, you just, it comes down to executing at the end of the game and they haven't been able to do that. But if they are able to do that, then all of a sudden you're looking at like a nine and seven team and a nine and seven probably gets you into the playoffs. And does that mean they're going to win the Super Bowl or contender? No, not with this roster, but like the season isn't necessarily over yet. The thing is, and I don't know if Bill's ever going to do this, but like I, if it was me, if I were the GM, I would look to trade Stephon Gilmore right now. I would do that. Um, not because Gilmore is not good, but because I feel like we are in a, we're in a transition period where we're not going to necessarily compete for a championship this year or next year. And so, yes, you want to start getting better, of course, but like Gilmore is a guy whose contract runs out after next year. He's an elite level player. He's not playing as well as he did last year, but he was like the defensive player of the year last year. So he, you know, his, his play isn't as good maybe as it was last year, but it's still very, very good. And so a team is going to be willing to give up a significant amount of draft capital to, to go and get him. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you, you send him to a contender, you get a first round pick and maybe even something else back from them. And you let Gilmore walk because the thing is, is that realistically, when he becomes a free agent, he's going to be 32 or going into his 32 year old season. You're probably not going to sign him to a long term extension. Right. So if that's the case, you say, well, cut our losses now. We're not going to win a championship this year or next year. So we move him now when we can get more value for him, whether he'll do that or not. I don't know. But but that that to me makes a lot of sense um, to move him. If he's not moved now, I, I assume he'll be moving in the offseason, but we'll see what happens. But like as far as when I look at it, the biggest question around this team is, is quarterback. That's the biggest question. Is Cam the guy? Is Jared Stidham the guy? Right now, neither of them really look like the long-term solution at quarterback, yeah. right? Like, I'm a Stidham guy. I, I, like, I was a huge proponent of Stidham going into the season. I, like, pushed for it all summer. Me and my co-host, Ryan's Bagnoli, we, like, nonstop on the Stidham train. And then, of course, they signed Cam on my birthday. They signed Cam. I was like, really, dude? Like, come <laughs> on, man. And, you know, and Cam's been good, but but he's also really struggled throwing the ball. His mechanics looked all over the place, uh, you know, so he's up and down. I don't know if either of those guys are the, are the long-term answer, so who becomes the answer? And until you get that answer, the whole team is in flux. As the Bill, I mean, Jesus Christ, the Bills know that better than yeah. anyone. Like, yeah, until you sure. get the quarterback, it doesn't matter what the rest of the team looks like. You know, when you're throwing out guys like EJ Manuel and JP Lossman and, you know, guys like that it's like it doesn't make a difference how good your defense is because your quarterback stinks and as long as that happens you're never going to be competitive and so Patriots fans now it's like because what you have to understand is this for the last 20 years it's been the regular season doesn't matter nobody cares about the regular season gives a shit about the freaking it's the regular season who cares right we're looking at January that's what we're looking at we're saying oh yeah okay fine you won a game in November who cares like you know but what we're concerned about is what can you do in January yeah. Right. And so now Patriots fans are looking at it saying, well, wait, what do you mean? We're not going to play in January. What do you mean? Like, no, this is, this isn't good enough. Like we need to be better. And it's like, okay, well, I get it. I understand, but it's, it happens. It's the first time in 20 years. Like you're just going to have to kind of hit the reset button and see what happens, you know?
And, you know, you just talked about the quarterback situation for a little bit, and it's a well-known fact in Buffalo that I'm a, I'm a Cam Newton fan. I have been for quite some time, you know, since Auburn, since, you know, the early years in Carolina. And and obviously with the injury, um, you know, he came, he made a comeback, and it, it, it yep. was inspiring. Over the summer, you got to see, like, these workouts and just everything that he did to, to get back to, to a level that he could play in the NFL again. But – you know, whether it be COVID, whether it be the injury, whatever it is, he just doesn't look like Cam. Um, you know, I, I've seen multiple throws where he's, I'm actually, they're showing a clip of one now where he just, you know, wide open receiver. And it, it's like, as soon as the ball leaves his hand, it goes into the dirt. What yeah. do you think is the actual issue with Cam? Is it, is it confidence? Is it health? You know, what, what's going on? That's a great question, man. And I, I don't know. I'll tell you what, the one thing I will say about Cam and you saying you're a Cam Newton fan and I've never, I shouldn't say I've never been a Cam Newton fan. I just never really paid attention. You know what I mean? I just, you know, he was there, but I never really like, I never really paid attention. And I always thought like, okay, he's a little arrogant. He's a little kind of has this whole thing going on. And then he got here and that is not the case at all. Like yeah. he's very, you know, he obviously he's very flamboyant with the dressing and stuff, but that has nothing to do with his character. The guy is an absolute stand-up guy. Great presence in the locker room. All the guys love him, says all the right things in the media, like is always, you know, the first to take responsibility and blame for everything. I mean, I could not be more impressed with the guy that I've seen out off the football field, right? right. On the football field, it's been a mess, right? He really, he's only really thrown the ball well in one game, and that was a Seattle game. Outside of then, his his mechanics have been all over the place. He's not setting his feet when he throws. He's not pointing his hips when he, it, it just like, it all just kind of seems all over the place. And I don't know if that's a confidence thing, if that's a, you know, he's not comfortable in the offense or he's not comfortable with the receivers that he has, or if he just like forgot how to throw the ball. I, I just, I don't know. I don't have an answer. It's weird, but it just looks like to me, every single throw looks like a struggle. It just yeah. looks like it hurts him almost, right? It's like so like painful to watch like the wind up and the delivery. And I'm like, my goodness, like it just, it looks like he's like in pain and just trying to fight through it. And and it, that's frustrating because I think he has a lot of talent and you can still see it every now and again. I mean, he has, he can still throw the ball hard. It's just that the mechanics of the throws aren't there. And I think the biggest issue for me is the reading of the defense. I feel like he's, his, reads are slow and that's the biggest thing for me and, and what you know what the Patriots lived off of for 20 years was three steps and it's out you know yeah. find the guy and get rid of the ball and he just doesn't he doesn't do that now whether that's a, just a learned thing from from playing in you know Carolina for so long and they didn't necessarily do that I don't know but he just hasn't been able to do that and that's really hurt them with him holding on the ball for so long and it's just you know I think it's a multitude of issues. I think obviously the the receiving core that we have right now isn't good enough. Obviously Edelman hurt, Harry's hurt, you know, and so guys are in and out. Obviously Mohamed Sanu they thought was going to be a contributor. He sucked this year and didn't make the team. And so it's like this whole thing, right? So, but you know, the, so the weapons aren't where they where they need to be. But Cam certainly there are guys that are still open. He, he hasn't been able to hit them, and so I don't know. I hope he can turn it around, but. But I don't know. I, I just, I don't know if he can. I haven't seen that from him so far this year. And so I hope he can turn around. I just don't know if he's going to be able to. 
Well, the one thing I want to comment on, I want to appreciate you and thank you for for being one of those guys to actually come on and say he's completely different than what you may have assumed or heard in the past. The yeah. thing is, um, for so obviously me being a Bills fan, I hear it a ton from Bills fans, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Oh, uh, he's no he's no real leader because of his fashion and he does this and he does. And it's like, wait, just because you don't understand whatever fashion or whatever culture that people are into, um, it doesn't have anything to do with who they are in the locker room. It has nothing to do with who they are. And I get that uh, he got the bad rep from the Super Bowl loss afterwards. Yeah. He didn't want to sit there. Um, I, I tend to try and provide context to everything. Um, but the the point is, he is a good leader. He is a guy that teammates love. The problem is, like you said, on the field, it's just not clicking, man. And, and as somebody who's paid attention to him for years, I know you said he still can throw the ball strong. He can when every once in a while he, he'll make a throw and it's just like, whoa, OK, Cam is there. But yeah. for the most part this year, it, like you said, the mechanics, it, he doesn't even get the chance to really, you know, just just put his all into a throw anymore it's just horrible to watch and you know like i said as a cam fan man it it pains me but the comparisons have been made multiple times in the past josh allen cam newton obviously not this year because cam doesn't look as great you know as he typically has coming out the draft again i've I've been on the record saying i did not like josh allen The, the kid was very raw after being a fan of Buffalo f- for my entire life and going through, like you mentioned, the EJ Manuels and the JP Lossman and Rob Johnson and whoever else you want to name, we can name like 50,000 guys in there. I was, I, I wanted somebody who I thought was pro ready. And I was actually a little bit jealous of the Jets fans. Sam Darnold to me is a heck of a quarterback. I don't know what Adam Gase did to him, <laughs> but I thought he was a phenomenal prospect coming out of college. Um, I also was a huge fan of Lamar Jackson, just, the elusiveness and the speed for yeah. him. I, I was a fan of that. You know, we had Tyrod. So in my mind, it's like, oh, that's an easy transition if we keep the the offense that we have and blah, blah, blah. But fast forward now, we have Josh, third year. He's actually looking like an NFL quarterback. Yes, What's yeah. your honest assessment of Josh Allen from the outside looking in? Because as a Bills fan, I, you know, I always have guys on here who are other Bills podcasters. So it's always yeah. pro-Josh. What do you think as a, as a New England Patriot you know, fan and, and podcaster. Well, I'll tell you what, man, he's really impressed me this year. And, and, and I think of course he's fallen off a little bit, you know, after those first three games, he was just, he was looked out of this world and really even the first four games, he looked out of this world and he's dropped back a little bit down to earth, but he's still, I mean, he's first of all, he's got, a, he's always had a rocket of an arm, but I think the biggest thing for him. And one of the things that you like to hear is that he looked at himself in the mirror and said, I got to change the way I'm playing, right? Okay. I have to, I can't take the chances I've been taking. I'm not a good enough player. Nobody really is a good enough player to do what I'm trying to do, right? Take what's there and don't try to throw a touchdown every time. Just try to make a completion. You know what I mean? And that's, that change in philosophy, I think was huge for him. And it shows because he's not making those dumb mistakes anymore. I mean, like you could always count on, him making one or two just absolutely ridiculously stupid mistakes every game. Every single game. When I watched, anytime I watched the Bills game, if it was on, or anytime they played the Patriots, I'm like, all right, well, you know he's going to do something stupid. So then you just got to take advantage of that. And he's he's cut that down a little bit this year. Now, I think, I think he struggled the last few weeks. He's had some hard times. I think the Patriots really tried to uh, confuse him and take some things away. And they did a pretty good job of that for the most part because they couldn't stop the run. But they did a pretty good job of that against him. 
But I think that what you're seeing is a good player. Now, I don't know if he's a franchise player. I don't know if he's like a if he's going to be an elite level quarterback. But I do think that he's at least proven right now this year that he's a good quarterback and he's a starting level quarterback in this league. Because honestly, I didn't know that. I, I went into this this year saying the Bills have a great roster. They have a lot of talent everywhere. But the biggest question is at quarterback. You know, what can Josh Allen do? And if he can be good, they can compete for certainly for the division and maybe even beyond that. And and so far he's been good enough. And, you know, they're five and two. And and so they're moving along. I think he's got to improve his play. I don't expect I mean, the beginning of the year. Just, it's just not realistic. I mean, he was playing so well. Yeah. Right. But like somewhere between where he is now and there, I think if he can get to that point. You're looking at, you know, a damn good player and, you know, a really good shot to take on anyone. Because let me tell you something like Baltimore, you you mentioned Lamar, like Lamar at this point, and And I don't want to say that they've, they got the book on Lamar, but he's not a great they pocket. Got, but they got the book on him. They do. Right? <laughs> you know, I know you don't want to say it. I'll say it. they got the book on him. man. Right. Um, it was incredible to watch last season that, you know, his MVP season and even his rookie yep. year. He has some moments where it was like, wow, this kid's going to be special. But, um, you know, it, it the NFL these guys are smart. These coordinators are not, you know, I know we obviously Belichick, but even the guys who aren't elite level coaches like that, like these guys are no dummies. I mean, I get it. For some reason, Leslie Frazier right now with Buffalo can't figure out how to stop the run. But other than that, these guys, you know, they figure you out. So, you know, Lamar, unfortunately, until he figures out how to really, you know, work that pocket and, and sit in there and make the tough throws, I really think that, you know, that book is there on him. Yeah, no, it's true. And that's so I think that's a huge thing. And that's why I felt like that was my biggest concern, honestly, going into this year was the Lamar factor. Obviously, Cam's a very different player than Lamar. But like my concern was if you rely just on the read option, it's not good enough. You have to be able to throw the ball in the pocket. And the Ravens have not been able to do that. Lamar has shown consistently he can't do that. And I think Cam now to this point has shown that he really hasn't been able to do that effectively. And so that was my biggest concern going into it. It's still my biggest concern. Obviously, I mean, Lamar is just such a special athlete that it's just like that's foolish on that side of it. But like, yeah, if you can if you can somehow keep him in the pocket, like you win, you know, and and that's that's what Allen has now become where it's like, okay, you want to make me pass? You're going to take away the run and make me pass? Sure, I'll kill you that way. Like you can't do that anymore. And so and so that's one of those things. I mean, look at the shift. And I saw someone posted on Twitter. I, I don't know who it was, but. Um, they said, you know, look, if you want to know Josh Allen's development, just look at the way the Patriots play. The Patriots have always, 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 when they play the Bills, take away the run, make Josh Allen beat you throwing the ball. Mm -hmm. And on Sunday, yesterday, they flooded the field with D-backs and said, you're not beating us throwing the ball. Go ahead and run it, and we'll try our best to stop you with with our small lineups. And, of course, they couldn't stop the run, but they – but – they, for the most part, took away the passing game because they felt like that was the most important part. And, you know, you guys had a chance to win the game. At You know, right. at the end of the game, within two minutes, you're driving right. and you're headed into the, the red zone. So, so yeah, no, um, to me, that was one of the biggest compliments that you could give to Josh Allen and, right. and this offense is now the development and seeing how teams are now playing him in such a way where it's like, okay, we're going to stop you from throwing the ball before you're right. Every, every time. And it would tick me off as a bills fan, because, you know, obviously watching him every week, 
you can see like the special moments. You can see him flash and it's like, oh, God, OK, he has that he has that ability. So as a Bills fan, when you see, though, you know, you see maybe two or three of those throws every week. It's like, OK, this guy can string these together. Yep. He can be great. So as a fan, you go into it and we're a little bit more optimistic than everybody outside of Buffalo. Yeah. So now for it to be a reality that, OK, now teams are starting to, you know, we're, we're really going to try to take away the pass. That's man. It's the biggest compliment. And, and it feels so good to have an offense that actually is competent to some degree. Yeah, uh, we do have to fix the running game. I know we, we had some success this week against you guys. But that was only, in my opinion, it was because you primarily tried to take away the pass. And you said, okay, we're not going to send reinforcements on the run because right. we're just going to stop that pass. So if you guys can run it, go ahead and run it. Yeah, um, It's a compliment, man. It feels great. It feels it feels really good. I mean, it does. Well, you know, and this is the thing, right? And this is what the Patriots have been good at for years is you don't have to have a great running game. You don't have to have a great running game. What you need to have is a running game that's good enough to do exactly what the Bills did on Sunday, which is, oh, you're going to take away the pass? Okay, then we're going to run it. And we're going to run it pretty effectively to the point where we can beat you without throwing for a ton of yards because we're going to control the ball running because you're throwing in a small lineup and we can run on that. You know what I mean? And so I, I think that if you can throw it effectively with Allen, you, you don't need the running game as much. You just really need the running game to be like, oh, okay, well, you're just going to take away the pass. Now we can run, the, we can run the ball on you, and that's what they did on Sunday. And I thought that I was impressed with Zach Moss. I mean, he's a guy that I, as a fantasy guy, I'm like Zach Moss, Zach. I'm like pumping him up all, all, and then he's been terrible all year. And I'm like, God damn it! And I'm like, the one freaking game, of course, he goes off against the Patriots. Like, well, I'll tell you what, it's it's not because Zach Moss isn't a good player. Our offensive line has been in shambles, man. We just haven't yeah. been able to run. Um, so prior to the season. You know, Feliciano, who actually came back against you guys. Yeah. He, so it helped out the run game, but he got injured. He, he tore his pectoral. And, you know, so we picked up Brian Winters from the Jets. Awful move. Awful. Move. <laughs> like, just, just absolute, the worst move of the year in my book. But, you know, Feliciano made a complete difference like you could just see it and the yeah. thing is uh mitch morris going out is gonna hurt us you know I, i'm not sure i have to look up uh today was a pretty long day but i think he i think he was was out for a concussion so i don't know if he's going to be out for any length of time or you know but i tell you what if if we're able to get feliciano to stay healthy and if we can get mitch morris back you could keep playing moss in your fantasy lineup i guarantee you yeah. it'll be a little there bit better go. with feliciano back you know I like that. So, uh, but before before I let you go, uh, just got two more questions for you. So you mentioned earlier, we talked a little bit about Tom Brady and we talked about, you know, how fans are kind of overreacting up in New England now. So right now we're at the point where it's the third quarter. It's still about 10 minutes left. They're currently losing to the Jets or Jets, good grief, the Giants 14 to six. Um, now, before it is before tonight, Tom doesn't look like he doesn't look like Tom from the Super Bowl runs by any means, but he doesn't look bad. You know, I know yeah. he has more pick sixes so far this year than he's ever really had in a, in a season, but they're five and two to this point. Mm -hmm. um, I read somewhere earlier that Bill Belichick's uh, his career winning with him is like 165 or 164 and 39. And then without him is 55 and 61. Yep. Are we giving Bill Belichick too much credit? Like it was it was it the fact that it, it was Brady? So that's a good question. I mean, listen, it's a valid question, but but no, we're not. And so and there's a reason for that. His his record sucks for a few reasons. Number one, 
He took over the Browns, a horrendous Browns team in the early 90s. Just an awful, putrid Browns team. They went 5-11, and their first, uh, 6 and 10 their first year, 7-9 and nine two years in a row, and then they went 11-5 and five in 94, beat the Parcells-led Patriots in the playoffs, and then lost in the in the uh, divisional round, I believe. Uh, maybe even the championship. Either way, uh, they made it in, and they, they ended up losing the second game. They start out the next year three and one, and then after the fourth game of the season, Cleveland says, "Oh, hey, uh, by the way, we're moving to Baltimore. See you later." And everything just went downhill. They ended up finishing the season six and ten. Uh, basically, everyone just quit. You know, it was just like it was a disaster, and so. And of course, they fired everyone, and they moved to Baltimore and, and whatever. But like that year was a lost season. It was like they were on their way to being good again. And when they when they just picked up and moved, or obviously announced they were moving, it was just a disaster. And so, unfortunately for him, that was one of those things where a little bit of outside of his control. There, he came to New England in two thousand, and they had finished eight and eight the year before Pete Carroll. They had gone to the Super Bowl a few years earlier, but. The Patriots had started out six and two in 1999 and finished the year two and six. They were awful. They sucked. And so he came in and he said, all right, I'm going to change the whole culture and everything else and whatever. So they go five and 11 their first year. They were terrible. And then of course the next year they win the Super Bowl and so on and so forth. In 2008, they won 11 and five without Tom Brady. So like, Mm -hmm. I just think for me and and look, I've always been, I, I hate picking one or the other because to me, if Belichick never gets Brady, he doesn't win six Super Bowls. If Brady doesn't get, it goes drafted by a different team and doesn't end up here, he doesn't get six Super Bowls. Like maybe they probably both get a few, one or two each, probably, mm-hmm. hopefully, right? Depending on who Belichick gets and depending on where uh, Brady ends up. But like they're not the greatest of all time without each other. They can't be. I will say. For me personally, I I split it up about 55-45, Belichick 55%, Brady 45%. And the reason why is because Belichick builds everything else. He builds the defense. He does everything. He's, you know, the defensive mastermind, but also, like, brings in all the players, does all the stuff, like, does everything. So, like, you have to give him a little bit more credit. And people, of course, are overreacting because, you know, he, he started out two and five. But like I said... You have game-winning drives three times that stalled inside the red zone. And so even if you just get one of those, even if you get two out of three of those, you know, now what? Instead of being two and five, you're you're four and three, right. you know? And, and so that's the thing for me where it's like all of a sudden the narrative is completely different than it was before where it's like here are these pesky Patriots. Again. I mean, imagine if they had won. And I had said this before. I had said this before the game. Like that would have been the most embarrassing loss, maybe in Bill's history. Like you guys have been waiting twenty years to like beat the Patriots in this situation, and then to lose to a team that was like completely decimated with injuries and nobody there and everything else, and then for them to win, it would have been it would have been a heartbreaker for the Bills for sure. Oh yeah, um, you know. But but you guys were able to hang on. But it's just one of those things where it's like you look at it and say, if they had won a few of those games, now the narrative is. Hey man, these tough Patriots, they don't go away. Like they find a way to win. Like this is what they do. And that's what they've done for years. And they just haven't been able to convert those, those things. And that's where, that's where Brady comes into play. Right. That's where it's like, I always felt like to me, 
So 2001 to me was, okay, I'm going to build this team without a quarterback. I don't even care about a quarterback, right? I'm going to build the team. I'm going to run the hell out of the ball. I'm going to, I'm going to play great defense. And of course the league was different back then. So you could do that. Brady comes along and he takes them to the next level, right? Without Brady, if Bledsoe's the quarterback, yeah, maybe they go like nine and seven and they make the playoffs. Maybe they win a playoff game, but they're like competitive. You know what I mean? But Brady takes them from that competitive place to like the next level. You know what I mean? And so that's the thing to me is like, yeah, Bill, of course, like builds everything, but without Brady, it just doesn't, it doesn't work. But again, without Bill, it's like, well, how good is Brady really going to, I mean, we'll see this year. I think you'll see this year, Bruce Arians, I think stinks as a coach. I think his teams are undisciplined. I think this team in Tampa is either one and done or they win one game and then they're out. Because to me, you can't win making stupid mistakes in the playoffs. You just, you can't. And that's what Bruce Aaron's teams are famous for doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's just, that's my opinion on it. Now I could be, I could be totally wrong, but that's my opinion on it uh, as far as that's concerned. But, but no, listen, I mean, I think we've given Belichick enough credit. I think that for the people that said either side of it was wrong, right? If you said, you know, Bill's the greatest and Tom stinks and it doesn't matter. Like Brady wasn't, wasn't important. No, that that's stupid. You can't say that. But if you're on the other side of it saying, well, Bill stinks and it was all because of Brady. No, no, that's not right either. Like it's it's almost 50-50. But again, I lean a little bit towards Belichick only because he does everything but play quarterback. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, when I look at it, I've always given Belichick the the credit because I feel that his defense is always top notch. So because the thing is, when you looked at the Peyton Manning led Colts teams, you know, yeah, he would have those offenses that he could come out and give you 45 points every week if you wanted to. But the defense was so horrible that he still just couldn't get over the hump for a long time. And and when they finally did win the Super Bowl, it still wasn't like the best defense, but it was the best defense that they ever had. Yeah. So on the other hand, you have the Patriots where when Tom Brady, yeah, I'm sh- there were some shootouts throughout the years. Yeah, granted. But for the most part, your team was in every single game because your defense also kept teams from just killing you every week. And then as, as of late, you guys have had elite defenses for the last few years. Right. So, you know, I, I kind of, I tend to agree with you not on Tom Brady. Hey, he's gone from, from the AFC East. So I can finally, you know, I can finally look at him like, you know, I could, I could watch him and have fun watching him with no yeah. pressure. Uh, but, but yeah, man, it's it's interesting to watch. And and like you said, we'll see come the end of the year or or however long Tom decides to play and however long Bill decides to coach. You know, so but before I let you go, last question here. So obviously yeah. right now the Bills are first place in the AFC East. What's your outlook for the rest of the the season? You know, how do you think the AFC East shapes up? Um, do you think the Patriots can fight back and and you know get like a wild card or or even, you know, it's at, at this point, I don't think the division is in reach just because we're four and oh at this point. But yeah, you know, what do you think of as far as the turnaround and, and then just overall, like I said, for the AFC East, what do you think, you know, is going to happen? Well, I think the bills have, a, have an absolute stranglehold on the division at this point. I mean, you know, it would take, it would take a 1999 like collapse from them, you know, starting out six and two and finishing two and six in order for them to lose the division. I mean, at this point you have such a lead and I know, look, Miami's still four and three. They're right there, but they're starting to, uh, and yes, they won in a big fashion against the against the Rams this weekend. But like, two of those touchdowns were defensive touchdowns. Like, that's yeah. an that's a little bit of an anomaly. You know what I mean? Like, Tua had like fifty seven yards passing or something like that. Like, it's just not that's not sustainable. 
over the year. Now they made the right decision, I think, putting Tua in because you you got to get him ready and like yeah. the team is good and whatever. And so like let's put him in and just see what he has. But like they're not a legitimate contender with the Bills, I don't think. Um, but I mean, I I just I think that the Bills, of course, have sputtered a little bit in the last few weeks. I mean, Jesus, that Jets game was awful. And, you know, they didn't look very good against the Patriots either, but they managed to win them both, right? And so that's really, honestly, and this is what one of the things that Parcells used to say is like, you are who you are. You're six and two. It means you're six and two. Like, it doesn't matter how shitty you've played in some of those games. Like, that's your record because Man. you find good teams find a way to win those games. You know what you're I mean? You're right. Like, you're right. But you know what? I've, I'm so mad. The last two weeks, I've been so disappointed. And it's yeah. just the honest to God truth. Actually, so I'll say the last four weeks, I've been super disappointed. So granted, yeah. the Titans were in the AFC championship. So I get it. They're a very good team. That's not my problem. Losing, to, get waxed losing to the Titans is not my problem. Losing to the Chiefs is not my problem. Yeah. They were the Super Bowl, defending Super Bowl champions. My problem is the effort. My problem is... You know, you play those teams, you're supposed to go out there and give it your all. And then fast forward, like you just mentioned, we looked horrible against the Jets. We can't score a touchdown against the New York Jets. Yeah. Like they're not just that they're 0 6, but it's the New York Jets. Like, they, you know what I mean? It's, right. It, and then again, no disrespect to the Patriots because every year I feel like Bill Belichick can, can bring out, he, he can just put out a championship team with whatever roster that we might think is bad. But the way it looks so far this year, we're a superior team. And right. the fact that it came down to a 24 to 21 game with, like I mentioned earlier, a last second turnover to seal the game. I am not happy. as a Bills fan. Right. Like this is, this was a very hard pill for me to swallow. Like very, very hard. Well, but you know what, though? That's a good thing, man. That's a good thing because you have to understand that, like, it's very easy, especially for, you know, for a fan base that hasn't had a lot of success. It's very easy to sit there and say, well, yeah, I mean, like, okay, we haven't looked great, but so what? We're still winning. You know, like, we're still there. And it's like, no, no, that's not enough. Like, it's not enough to say, you know, and I think that that's that's really kind of a distinction for me when you kind of look at it and say, okay, yes, we're happy that they're doing well, but we want to see these things improve, right? And I think that that's a standard that you need to hold, you need to hold them accountable for because honestly, that's something that you're going to see and that's going to, because listen, your goal as a Bills fan is not the AFC East Championship. Great. Hey, that'd be great. You finally knock off the Patriots and win the AFC East, but who freaking cares if you lose in the first round of the playoffs? You know what I mean? It It just, it doesn't matter. And that's really where you shift that focus to, okay, let's see how this team can compete in January. And I think that I think that if the Bills are holding themselves to that type of standard as well, that you're going to see a team that's motivated to, to succeed. And I like, I think McDermott is a great coach. I like him a lot. I think there's a ton of talent all over the, all over the roster, up and down. Uh, and so I really do think that they have a really good chance of, uh, look, like I said, the division to me is over. Like they've already won the division. Three and a half up on the Patriots. Dolphins aren't going to catch them. You know, so it's, I think the jet, I think the jets have been mathematically eliminated at this point, but like, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where you just look at it and say, okay, you win the division. Fine. Great. Okay. But now let's focus on what can we do when we play whoever it is we're going to play in the, in, you know, in the first round, because you're not getting the buy, you're not catching, you know, Kansas city. Let's just say probably not. Right. So you're going to finish as the two or the three. Probably not the four, but the two or the three seed. And then you say, I okay. Like, I feel like it's going to be three. Pittsburgh is playing lights out, man. Right. 
Right. And so Pittsburgh might even be the one seed. So like, so now you say, okay, Pittsburgh, Kansas City, one, two, and then you're the three seed. So, okay, great. So now we, we get, we're the three. So now we play what? The five seed. So, okay, who, you know, who's the, uh, well, I guess the six seed, right? would be, right. so who's, the, who, you know, who would the six seed be? And so on. And so, okay. Can we beat that team? All right. We beat that team. Now we have to play, you know, whatever, right? Now we have to play the, the, the Steelers or theoretically the, the Chiefs, depending on who doesn't get the buyer. It says, so how do we beat that team? So those are the things that, yes, you don't want to start looking too far ahead, but like right now at this point with a huge, with a big enough lead, that's got to be in the back of your mind as like someone who's breaking down this team is like, not just, Hey, okay, fine. We win the division. Great. But how do we beat those teams and make a push, right? Get to the AC championship game or like, because once you're there, man, once you're in the AFC Championship game, it's like it doesn't matter whether you you should have a chance or not. Sometimes you win those games. You got a chance. Sometimes yeah. Billy Cundiff lines up for a field goal to tie the game from 35 yards away and shanks it, and you end up in the Super Bowl. Like it, you just you don't know. And so that's the thing. Like it's just how do you get there, and then and then who knows? You know. Well, Mr. Pat Lane, man, I appreciate you, man. This has been a great conversation. Yeah, we might have to, uh, I'm going to have to maybe see if I can get you and your co-host back. When the hey, second, that sounds good to me. Yeah, the second that time we played Pat, that'll be fun. So uh, why don't you take this chance real quick, let everybody know where they can find you, uh, where they can find your show, and, and you know, just uh, anything you got going on that you got coming up. All right. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Yeah, I, um, we are, um, I'm on Twitter at P Lane underscore Pats. Uh, super easy to get me there. That's probably where I do the most amount of my work. Um, and then I'm on the Pat's Pulpit uh, podcast feed. So if you just go on the same thing with Buffalo Rumblings, right? You go into Pat's Pulpit and you can you get all the shows there and we do a bunch of shows. Uh, our show comes out on Fridays. And I'm I'm actually on this new app called Locker Room. It's on the uh, on the iTunes yeah. app. So it's a, it's a really fun app. Um, it's really cool. Bunch of different people on it. And it's like all about like interaction. I was in a, I was in a room with Zaza Pachulia uh the other day and like there's all sorts of different people getting on there and jeff darlington's on there a lot so it's a cool app that like it's basically like sports talk radio but you can like and then you can ask questions in the chat and they'll call you up to, to talk it's it's a it's a lot of fun so if you download that i'm on there uh at least a few times a week so that's fun well cool well cool so everybody go check him out i'll make sure i tag him so you can you know obviously find him and his show easily under this post i'll also you know make sure that we we blow up you know our sister station as well because we listen it's it's a yeah. good thing sb nation has a great network across the country and with a ton of good yeah. content a ton of good content creators so so yeah i'm gonna blast it man and again i appreciate you for uh for coming on and taking the time out listen everybody when this airs when you're listening to this it is election day regardless of what mm -hmm. side you're on regardless who you want to vote for Please let your voice be heard. Go out tomorrow and or go out today and vote. Please, please, please. Right. It's a huge election. Mr. Pat, I appreciate you, man. You have a great night. Hey, thanks for having me. And those are very, very poignant words, man. Use that right, man. People wait in line for hours and hours and hours to do it. In other countries, and they, they spend tons of time. And we've done the same thing here. So get out there and vote. Your voice matters and it counts. So, yes. Absolutely. All right, everybody, y'all know the drill. Y'all take care of each other. Y'all love each other and live in peace.
Thank you.